welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you not quite live from the beautiful Cathet region, which is on the Sunshine Coast, um, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klohomi Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. And joining me as per usual is Jill Kirby, astrologer from Victoria. And we are going to wander down the road of an upcoming major shift of Pluto entering into Aquarius. Yeah, next year is going to be a big year. Well, we're leading into it. With, yes, we're leading into right it now. now. What's ramping up right now is yeah. leading us into that. Exactly. And so just a few comments to kind of set the stage here. Um, so for folks who are sort of younger than us. <laughs> um, we've witnessed Pluto go through a number of signs. We started, um, Jill and I started with Pluto and Leo in our birth charts. So then we went through Pluto in um, Virgo. The 60s. <laughs> yeah, and then Pluto in Libra, and then the infamous Pluto in Scorpio. And what has been happening, because Pluto is such an elliptical orbit, is... Um, it was actually speeding up until it hit Scorpio. Scorpio is its fastest passage. Um, and then it hit Sag and it started to slow down. And now it's about to leave Capricorn, which it entered in 2008. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but it is slowing down so that now next year we will get a preview of a almost 20 plus year uh, ingress of Pluto through Aquarius. And that's quite a long chunk of time. And what's interesting about it is for us Leo folks, it's opposite where we saw it, right? 60, 70 odd years ago. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah it's, it, this is going to be significant. And then um, as we Okay, so just knowing that Pluto is this really slow mover, but still fast enough to be experienced in a very personal way, you can absolutely, yeah, you can't <laughs> discount it. Um, and so it gets up close and personal. If you know, if you're an Aquarian, you're sort of looking up and going, "Uh oh, our turn is next." <laughs> for the yeah. direct hits it'll take a while to get to mine because i'm at 12 degrees yes so. yes yes <laughs> but there will be those that are at zero degrees of aquarius that are going oh my god anyway um yeah so um and my my analogy that i've often used with pluto transits is um being put to the front of you know so imagine humanity as a hu huge group of moving well actually they can do this now with animation in movies right they can create this huge crowd and have them move forward yeah. um, and so but imagine that when pluto comes to visit you personally you're at the very front edge of that group of people that are trundling forward and so i see see that as you being the vehicle through which pluto works its magic and Pluto is death and rebirth. So something has to die in order for something new to be reborn. And so it's going to work its magic for, on behalf of the rest of the species through you, if it happens to get personal and direct in your yeah, life. It, it can also 
be a very be a very profound period for you personally. Oh yeah. If it's hitting one of your personal planets, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, yeah. or if, or if it's on your ascendant as it was <laughs> in my chart in the eighties, um, you can't help but see it in. Well, in my case, it didn't help that Saturn had joined it by then, so the yeah. two of them were there. Uh, you can't really can't miss it when Saturn makes it so real. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so it's it it is very profound and yeah. and, um, long, and long term. I mean, it's not yeah. something that yeah. just happened. It's no, no, because it's so so slow moving. It yeah, it's like a deep, deep, deep yeah penetration of energy. Yeah. Exactly. So that that's on a personal level. Um, and so what struck me and the first chart that I want to point out um, as we start to to OK, you have to share screen, sweetheart. Yes. Yeah. Well, and also to, to it tends in general to be much more of a collective experience. Yes. Yes, it works its magic on a very large scale. It is, it is the masses. It represents basically yeah. affecting masses. So. so we've been, Jill and I have been waxing eloquently, well, at least talking anyway, <laughs> eloquently, but anyway, about the fact that, you know, uh, the US chart has Pluto at 27 degrees. And so it is literally going through its Pluto return. It's first but, Pluto return. Yeah, yeah, it's first Pluto return. But what's what is something that we probably haven't said a lot about is that that is just before it too went into Aquarius. And so the real foundation of the country, although it, you know, it's, its chart says 27 degrees of Capricorn, but its early beginnings were with Pluto in Aquarius. And if you think about, and what was followed on the heels of the American Revolution was of course the French Revolution. Yeah. Um, and so and I think was, Pluto was just into Aquarius by then. It was, it was. So it, and because again, it's going so slow, its first ingress into Aquarius was in 1777. Um, and it went through until almost the turn of the century into the 1800s. And so it marked that 20 plus, you know, 21 years of where the whole feudal type society was replaced um, and it became things like republics and uh, you know so the the um, overlord system uh, went through a major revision during that time. well it, yeah and it, even when Pluto went into Capricorn the last time around that was the beginning of the industrial revolution yes and yep. that, that was a profound shift too. That's, well, that's yeah. sort of the beginning of the corporate corporatocracy kind of thing because uh -huh. it's industrial industrialists started taking over. Uh -huh. Yeah, right? and so you you took it was it was a shift in the way that we were organizing the structure. Um, of society. Now, obviously, that was in certain societies. Um, you know, the, the, the history thing that I look at is predominantly, you know, European, uh, a little bit about China and North America. But, you know, so I'm not sure how other societies around the globe, you know, 
well, also, you know, did but went through those changes. Other other areas of the world were experiencing um, kind of the the people who were industrialists needing the the materials to do the the constructing and manufacturing, and that came, a lot of that came from countries that were not industrialized, but they paid the price because. Yeah, that was a whole, yeah. whole yeah. different, a different kind of colonialism in a way. Well, it, yeah, it's, yeah. Okay, so we're, we're obviously on some level coming up because it's a complete cycle again um, to another similar big shift, one mm -hmm. could say. And um, so the next chart that we'll probably just put up and leave up, um, this one really demonstrates uh, the, let's see now, where did I start? Okay, so this is the chart that, um, and let me get rid of my little, my little circly thing. So um, what's interesting, so this is the, the moment that Pluto does go into Aquarius for the first time. Now it is going to back out um, and it doesn't fully come into um, uh, Aquarius until the following year before yeah. it stops backing up. But it will hover in that first degree, that yeah. zero degree area. Until what, June or something? Or one. Yeah. Yeah, it's because it, it, it is slow moving. Yes, exactly. Um, She's checking will, her ephemeris just. I am to, looking in my book right yeah, now. Yes, good idea. How long it's in there? So it's in there from March through till yes, uh, about the middle of June. Middle of June, yeah. And so we get quite a moment where we get to you know get a taste of what it's going to be about. What's interesting about that moment, though, in Washington D.C., is it's exactly square a moon in Taurus um, at zero, but more profoundly. Um, and Jill pointed this out, is, and so let me just switch charts here. It is on the same degree that we had um, a very momentous thing that happened in 2020, which was the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, which people witnessed throughout the world because it was literally visible in the sky. And it's, it was, um, it has a particular cycle in which every 200 years, its conjunctions will only happen in one particular element. And so we moved from the earth element into the air element. Mm -hmm. And so for the next 200 years, Jupiter and Saturn, when they conjoin, they will be in air signs, Gemini. Yeah, and their conjunction is, yeah, their conjunction is every 20 years. So in yeah. and of itself, it's not the huge deal but this one was spectacular in so many ways it was they were closer together than ever yeah, they were yeah. bright as you know yeah you could see like, it literally almost see it like a single body in the sky and and it was the beginning of another longer cycle i can't remember what. yeah yeah 200 years in air signs yeah, I know, but there was an even longer cycle that had, oh, okay. yeah. I think there was an 800 year cycle as well that, I mean, it was just one of those like, oh my goodness, it's not Moments. just, not just that, it's more, it's huge. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'm just, it was almost like it was so bright in the sky. It was saying, don't ignore this. <laughs> yes, exactly. And yeah, so, so, yeah, having Pluto coming up and well, obviously it is going to have to hit that point in order to change signs, but yeah. uh, it may harken back to that uh, winter solstice of 2020. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because when it retrogrades, it will be at 021. So it's very almost exactly on Jupiter there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm always, I'm always amazed at the timing of, yeah. of yeah, yeah. the world's, the nature's timing, the universe's timing. Exactly, exactly. So... Yeah the big question obviously the big elephant in the room um is how are we going to experience um pluto through aquarius i mean obviously well, it's not the the you know 1777 the world is is um you know quite a bit different and Absolutely. yeah, yeah. and uh, sorry, I was just going to say what's interesting here is that the North Node for the Pluto Pluto ingress is is right on where Uranus was at the. Oh yes, yes, yes. That is cluster around Uranus there, which is kind of interesting. Again, that is good noticing. Good noticing. Timing wise, these things. Yeah. And and at the time of that uh, solstice uh, conjunction. Mars was squaring Pluto. Yeah. 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 Just to highlight Pluto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to, Not to uh, leave him out of the, the equation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, we still have Mars in Gemini in the spring. He's just about finally to leave Gemini, um, you know, and yes. make, make his way into Cancer, but he's still there. Yeah. Yeah, but he's going to be hanging out. I mean, yeah. it's already, already there. At 25 and going to back up mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. far up to if we get better yeah. and then goes for it yeah it's uh interesting times as they say yes yes and i was just looking for oh there no where yeah there? neptune at, at this oh yes is kind of on the moon of that last that other chart which mm -hmm. that given that that people are affected for sure. Uh -huh. Well, and at that point, of course, Saturn has made its change and it is not coming back to Aquarius. And so, you know, even though it is the go-to planet um, with Uranus in Aquarius, um, it it now has left, you know, it's left the building. And, and, and yeah. Saturn, Saturn. And I think that, ha that will have an impact on the early years of Pluto in Aquarius, the fact that Saturn is, you know, it's not in terribly happy when it's in Pisces. It doesn't oh, not happen. at all. You've got yeah. the principle of solid concrete reality in the yes. what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that? You know, I mean, he's he definitely fish out of water in Pisces. That yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Pluto yeah. will almost have free reign in a way, I'm just thinking when it ingresses into Aquarius to begin with, because, you know, its backup is nowhere to be found. Um, that's got to add a, an element to that first few years of Pluto in Aquarius. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking. 
certainly um, a huge shift. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's take the archetype of Aquarius, and both of us will, you know, sort of like do our little what we feel it's about. So yeah. Jill, take it away. Well, Aquarius is is the only sign with a, like a human being as the the symbol, and and it really is about humanity, right? Um, Yes, it is so, the, the most human of hum, yeah, of the So science. it yes. feels to me like we're going from this focus on basically the important thing is corporations and structures of social structures and all that stuff too. But what does humanity need? Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think, as I've said before, with Uranus still in Taurus, we're looking at a humanity, a, a, a grassroots movement coming from humanity, right? That okay. the change that because Uranus is another agent of change. It's different. Yes. Yeah. It's more, it's quicker than Pluto. Pluto is yeah. very cool, but it is still very powerful because it's an outer planet. And it yeah. and it um, I think is is telling us, you know, it's 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 the new earth, basically. It's we need to get back to nature, which is very, I mean, Taurus, you can't get more, more of a nature sign than Taurus. It's the yes. earth of yep. the earth signs. And so with, with Uranus in Taurus, it's, it's coming from humanity. It's coming from the ground up, right? Okay. Yeah. Sense, I think, because uh, it is an earth sign. It's going to be manifesting on a earthy level. Okay. And so um, how, how will the air component transform? Well, you know, one of the huge differences between the past and now is that we do have all this technology and it's finding a different way of using it because I think it's been rather abused <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and serving more of the corporate interests than the human interests. And I think right. yeah. we need to find ways to use it to, to help humanity, not to control them, because that's been big with Pluto and Capricorn has been the whole control thing, and Saturn as well um, in Aquarius. Has been so amazing. is Pluto gonna give up its sense of power that, that you're speaking to in terms of it being in Capricorn? No, uh, but it, it's a different, I mean, what is that power in service of? It's going to be in service of humanity, not in service of um, the social structures, the corporatocracies. Uh, uh -huh. you know, that would be my take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's my wish too. I mean, because yeah. that's what we, I believe we, we all need. Uh -huh. You know, and it's interesting that Pluto is has the moon squaring it at that moment. Moment, yeah. uh -huh. because you know the moon is humanity, and humanity is you know it's the people, and the people are uppermost here. They're at the, the top of the chart. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, in Washington. <laughs> in Washington, yes. Yeah. But, yeah, but we but are kind of pitching this from. But then, you but know, it's and, part. Of, but it's conjunct the North Node, and the North Node, in one sense, is our our collective destiny. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. that yeah. to me is huge, you know, because it's yeah. into us still. And it's it's again getting back to 
to nature and our connection with it because that's where we belong. We are creations of nature, not creations of a lab. <laughs> Or technology. Right? Which is that Aquarian, I mean, in modern times, especially astrologers and their symbolic scenario have, you know, seen Aquarius is that energy that um, takes us beyond what is familiar. And, yeah. you know, and so it has been touted with all of the scientific discoveries and the technological changes and, you know, the I robot going to take over kind of thing. And um, it's only been, you know, probably since Pluto hit Capricorn that there has been any kind of a challenge to that. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think, too, um, Aquarius, the sim, you know, the wavy lines there, they're not water. No. They are air. And the air is what carries the frequencies, right? Yeah. Everything is frequencies, every molecule and every part of us. We are vibrating. Yes. Yeah. Atoms. Atoms are vibrating and they're manifesting as physical, but yeah. ultimately it goes yeah. back to the frequencies. Yeah. So, you know, you can use frequency. There are frequencies that harm and there are frequencies that are beneficial. Yeah. And this is about finding, you know, because it's easy to manipulate frequencies and use them to, you know, yeah. military loves doing that. Uh, so, <laughs> You know, that's something we, do, you know, I as a member of humanity don't want happening. I would like to use frequencies in a positive way to benefit. Yes. Yeah. Human beings. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to wade in now with yes. uh, a more historic as in going back to my, you know, this new phenomena that I've been studying, which is the Hellenistic. And the myths that come around with Aquarius, apparently that, you know, were written in some of these ancient checks, texts, um, <laughs> is the story of Ganymede, who was a um, uh, favored by Zeus, who sort of lusted after this kid and, you know, took him up to the gods, but he was human, Ganymede was human and turned him into the cupbearer, which in the tarot cards, for people who are interested in the symbolism that goes with Ganymede, um, in the Rider Waite deck, which the star. Is, we go, is the star. Mm -hmm. And it is pouring, but it's, and it's pouring from both. But so as a cupbearer, if you look into the, the sort of mytho mythological storyline that goes with this, so he's, Ganymede is taken into the court of Zeus, and he's given a very high position as a human, and he is to taste the drinks that are going to be offered at Zeus's table, including Zeus himself, to ensure that there are no poisons, which is, you're kind of going, huh? Because we're talking about gods who are immortal, so why would they care about poison? Um, and, and, you know, so there's sort of this kind of, for a moment, there's a disconnect. But apparently, yes. it is, um, so what Aquarius is, and this is one person's interpretation of this particular myth, and I would right. give credit to Adam Ellenboss, who I just listened to for this, um, so what he's saying is that there is an emptying out in order to 
be filled up again. And so that's one of the dynamics of this thing. And so uh, Ganymede empties, you know, it tastes and then it gives it to the gods, but then it's empty. And so then it, then the gods refill it and he tastes it again. And so there is something about being human that being immortal lacks and vice versa. Well, it makes right? sense. There's, there's a reciprocal thing there. Um, like the gods are pouring into us in order to experience what they are, but they, in the final analysis, they can't because they don't die. So there is this piece around uh, mortality um, that they're missing that we have and vice versa. They well, the other piece of that we don't have that. The other piece of that story is is the idea of poisons. I mean, yeah, everything you know that's been created in terms of well, our air, water, food is all full of toxins because they keep dumping toxins into them. You know, I mean, we don't get pure water because it's got chemicals that really don't have any place in our body. But you know. And yeah, again, and, that, and that's the current and again, scenario. And yeah. A, yeah, and so yeah. that's again goes back to this uh, cleansing. And Pluto is about cleansing. It's yes. purging. Yep. And what, yep. what needs to be purged is the toxicity, whether that's the frequencies that are toxic to us or the chemicals that are toxic to us. I mean, they're all produced in labs and stuff and through, you know, technologies that can be used for positive ends and can, you know, like I say, mm-hmm. we, we can find ways to clean up the, the stuff that's been poisoning us. And, and nature will help us out because nature's great at that mm-hmm. if we stop poisoning nature. So I think that's part of this whole thing is that, is that purging of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. That, sorry. Just going to say that interesting that Mars, when it's retrograding now, is going mm-hmm. to be squaring not only the moon from that uh, conjunction chart, but also Neptune. It's going to back up that far. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, and Neptune is is very much about kind of toxicity and poisoning, and yes. I mean it's not things always. that are not um, yeah. apparent yes. immediately. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it throws uh, this pink fairy dust cloud on things and you almost could buy yeah, the story, anyway, but maybe you the should. Illusion, the illusion yeah. that's yeah. In, yeah. You know, beautiful, but yeah, there's... The, the, yeah, the so others, on, a, on a really practical, of, physical yeah. level, um, Pluto will expose these poisons. On yes. a personal level, it's... Um, it's the free will and the agency to, so, okay, so here's the piece that I want to bring into this picture. And that is the fact that uh, Aquarius is opposite Leo. And when I first walked into the Hellenistic world, of course, that produced a conundrum uh, because, you know, obviously they didn't know about Uranus. So the last time Pluto was in your, um, in Aquarius, that's when Uranus was discovered, which is interesting as well. But anyway, so prior to that, you know, obviously Pluto and Uranus, they were all there, but the ancients did not, you know, didn't have them part of their cosmology. And so you just had Saturn opposite the sun. And 
you know, I kind of struggled with that at first. And then I went, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. So the sun is this, this light that goes, mm. ah, and it's full of itself. It's all that it knows is its own light, right? It's spirit. It's yeah. Yeah. Essence of self. And yeah, exactly. And so it's godlike in a yes. way. And, um, and so what Saturn in the, in the ancients cosmology, it was this really distant dim, right? And so, you know, it represented darkness. It, you know, and, it, and it was the bridge between um, the inner planets, which were considered, you know, to be personal to the human and the, the, the starry field or the fixed stars and stuff, which were the gods and, you know, and how they arranged themselves in the Zodiac and yada, yada, yada. So it, it occurred to me when I was struggling with, cause it's easy to see Saturn ruling Capricorn opposite moon and cancer. Yeah. Cancer is the fundity that produces life. Capricorn is the structure that supports life right? Yeah. That one was easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so then it, it dawned on me that with the sun, this ego could just totally encase and envelop everything, yeah. right? And so coming back to the present time, our sort of capitalistic greed structure has enamored big sun, everything. And yeah. we need that Aquarian to go, wait a minute, I'm going to draw a line in the sand here. That's you. That's not me. So in a similar way to, you know, the Ganymede and the gods, um, there has to be a demarcation so that one doesn't engulf the other. Yeah, well, it's recognizing, yeah. I think, that we have a divine spark, but we are not divine the god right yeah but the other thing i was just thinking too um the element for the sun and leo is gold right yes and whereas with saturn it's lead yes and that's the alchemical thing right they're always trying to turn lead into gold lead into that's gold. right good good right? catch good catch right? yeah so yeah you're trying to turn what's dark into it's almost like trying to convince people that what's what's dark is light. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think that's what's been going on. And we're kind of going, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what we can say for certain is Pluto entering there, that that relationship between what drama and that has captured the light of the world, right, mm. um, is has its natural reckoning in the yeah. sense that, um, you know, something comes into fruition, its next trip is to, to die and be reborn. And so the, well, and the system that has been building since it first went into Aquarius yeah. has reached its apex. And yeah. yeah. The interesting thing here is that, that um, Sun Mercury are- mm -hmm. At zero of the world, yes. Well, but they're also on where Chiron was. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So I see that as as oh, a yeah, healing, yeah, yeah. right. That's yeah, yeah. The, the need for healing old wounds, and yeah, which is yeah. very much figures into that purging mm -hmm. toxins and poisons, and whether that's physical or mental or emotional, it's all exactly toxicity to our body, mind, and yeah. and also you know Mars is going to be sextiling 
where it was, which is kind of good. Mm -hmm. gives, so the, it, gives the impetus to move. Yeah. 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 So on a, on a personal level, one could look at one's own drama, okay, which, I mean, we only say drama because that's kind of a classic Leo word, uh, but it's sort of the, the picture of, as a human, you see yourself. And it's like, so what poison have you been drinking that, um, you know, it's time for that balance to be renegotiated again. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, the reality that Saturn comes in, in the form of Pluto. So it's not just what the reality is, but, you know, the deep change that's required to break from that drama. Yeah, and I think with, with Uran the Uranian thing, Uranian it shakes people up and wakes them up. And I think there's an awakening going on uh -huh. and, an, and an, an awareness that poisoning has been happening because uh -huh. people are not aware of that. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. They think it's all normal. And, you know, I sometimes look at what people have in their grocery carts and think there's no real food in there. <laughs> you know, it's all manufactured and has God knows what in it. Yes, yeah. people don't yeah. bother to look if they just buy in their favorite whatever. So, you know, it's becoming more aware of what it takes to truly, in a Turian sense, nourish nourish this physical body, form. These mm -hmm. physical forms we are given. Yeah. Right? So but another thing that um, Adam Ellenboss pointed out uh, about those that wake up um, mm -hmm. is that they become what was in sort of from you know from your and my old way of looking at the charts um aquarians were seen as the ones that stepped outside of the norm and yeah. so there is a point where when you do wake up um that you do you can become outcast um there is this um, alienation that can happen. And so that's something for all of us to bear in mind for our Aquarian folks who are about to head down this, this road that the Capricorns are going to be grateful to hand over. Here, you take this. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, and to recognize that they will look a little alien as they go through this transformation. Absolutely. As an Aquarian, yeah. I can definitely, you know, relate to the alien quality the, the <laughs> act of feeling never like i fit in and yeah you know and i think i think for for me it's it's easier to wake up because I, I don't mind swimming against the tide because i don't know how what else to do because it's always been the case right so yeah. if i say something that doesn't fit with what other people think i don't care because i didn't fit in anyway <laughs> So, you know. Okay, so that, so then this takes us to where is Aquarius in your chart? Because although Aquarian people, you know, so sun, moon, rising, um, any of the personal planets in Aquarius, you know, like I said earlier, you are going to be up close and personal with this transformation. Mm -hmm. But all of us have Aquarius somewhere in our chart. Yeah. Um, and so let's go back here to the U.S. chart. So where is Aquarius? Aquarius is in its third house. Well, so if we were to comment on it on a 
mundane level, what would we say? Cause, and that is where the moon is. Yeah. 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 It's the um, day-to-day thinking. And, and their, their whole infrastructure, whether yeah. that be the roads, planes, rail. And more, on, yeah, more on a community level than on a, yep. on a large scale. But yeah, I think too, that it's going to be very interesting when Pluto gets to the south node there. Yeah, which will that's, happen that's in, yeah, probably really in the next 10 re- years. Release and letting go of even more stuff. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's going to be feeling it long before it even gets to that degree. Yeah. yeah. Once it's in that sign, it's... It's doing its thing. And and we will... Know, knows it's coming. <laughs> yeah. And we will note the fact that when, uh, you know, in 2008, when Pluto ingressed into Capricorn, uh, that the world went through a pretty major hello, this is what this is going to be about. Um, and we had a big recession. And yeah. yeah. The other thing to note is that um, Mars is retrograding back over their natal Mars. Ah, yes, yes. Right? And it's backing all the way up to uh, Uranus. Ah, of course they, it is. Of course stations, it is. Stations direct on their natal Uranus. Of course it does. <laughs> so, and they have the, you know, we've already talked about this, the eclipse right on their election day. And yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, 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 it's like the universe is pointing big finger at this country going, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we need some movement here. <laughs> Something change, new. Change is happening and you ain't getting out of it because it's a big <laughs> yeah. time. Pluto's yeah. shifting, uh, you know, it's giving you your return. It's going to back up to that return as well. Yeah. Yes, it, it's not finished with the return, no. but it is going to give the U.S. and all of us, you know, this preview that we're talking about. Because in October of next year, it backs up to just uh, 20 minutes shy of that exact degree. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be backing right up to where it is. Just one last kiss before I go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just to remind on. you, you are going through your Pluto return in case you didn't. Like, like they won't know it by then. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, hugely. And also they've been having their Neptune opposition through. Yes, yes, they have. Really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's so much going on for it. You know, again, it's just like, you uh-huh. guys. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, let's go back to, and um, I don't know if I can, can I, yeah, I should just do, is 12 the chart? Yeah, okay, so I'm just going to use this particular chart, um, and we will put, so I'm going to animate it, and um, put uh, Aries on the Ascendant. One too, one too far. Okay, yeah. so if you have Aries rising, uh, then Aquarius will be your 11th house. So your whole, you know, who is your tribe? Who do you relate to? Who are your supporters? Who do you support? Um, and I should, I should say that this is in your system. Yeah, and in my yeah. system, it could be different. Oh, totally. Yeah. So just this is using whole signs. So it's, it's a yeah. more general... And- way of and, looking at it and in western we have different way of 
dividing the pie. Yes, in a, yes. In a and chart. there's a number of different ways. There's like, yeah. I don't know, about 10 different house systems. Okay, yeah. so if it is, but this would be true even in any other house system, if you know that Aquarius is your 11th house cusp and you have Aries rising, yeah. Yes. So it's if Aquarius is 11th house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Necessarily Aries rising. Fair anyway, <laughs> so... So expect to be either alienated from your existing tribe or, um, you know, walk out of your existing tribe and to move into a new tribe. Um, mm -hmm. But again, it, the process is going to will unfold over 20 years. It's not just you know, next March, and it's all yeah. changed. No, this is, but you, you will probably get us begin to get a feeling of what that might mean. Yeah. 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 And Pluto is, Pluto is, I mean, it is a planet of death and regeneration. It can, it can mean that, you know, some people pass. Yes. In yeah, your yeah. tribe. Yeah. But in your that tribe. Does yeah. happen. Or your tribe folds, you know. So let's yeah. say, you know, you belong to the, you know, the cult of blueberries. Maybe mm -hmm. the cult of blueberries just kind of go poof. Yeah. 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 No. That it, yeah. it's only because something new needs to grow where exactly. those blueberries were. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. New crop. Yeah, a new crop. Okay, so if you have Taurus rising, uh, then Aquarius is your 10th house. So um, this could be, you know, like, uh, you know, you're part of a big organization and that whole thing starts to collapse. And so... Where are you, you know, are you going to join a different organization? Are you going to do a different job? Um, yeah, so this could be a little more significant in terms of uh, it being more obvious to, you know, the, your people around you, where, you know, let's say you're, um, you've had Saturn in Aquarius, and you've just gone through your um, Saturn return, you may realize, yeah, no, I'm not doing what I want to be doing. And so it's a big change, you know. Absolutely. You, yeah. 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 yeah and, that type and, of thing. Yeah. Because Pluto takes us deep. Yes. And, and we, you, you know, we start to recognize what's underneath. What's, what's, yeah, what, what, and so how can I be more human Aquarius? Yeah. yeah. Rather than let's say just a cog in the wheel. No, I want, I want more humanness to what I'm doing. And also just, uh, yeah, it, it, Pluto can be very intense. There's like a drive or a, it comes from your guts, you know, it just yeah. comes from deep within that. Yeah. And there's no brooking it. There's no, no. Um, you know, oh, I can, no, no. When Pluto picks you up, there is a level of intensity that is palpable to the end yeah yeah and also just it's it's this needs to go and it's like if you're not going to let go of it easily yeah then we're just going to have to rip it out and your fingernails might come with it because yes it's, well it is i mean because yeah, no no i agree i agree beyond our sort of sense that we have free will because we're not in control of things not uh, ever, no no you know, yeah, ultimately, you know we, we have our plan you yeah know? We think yeah. we know where we're going. And if, we're, if that's not where we're meant to go, yes, the universe will not let us go there. It's like, how did I end up over here? Because that's where I have to be. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's surrendering in a way. It's the whole letting yeah. let go. Well, of like the pump is emptied so that it can be filled again. Yeah. 
yeah. but it's also a letting go mm-hmm. and surrendering in a way Okay, so if you have Gemini rising, then that Aquarius is in your ninth house. This one could be like wonderful, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of, uh, you know, a deep dive into a new world, right? Where, you know, you thought the world was X and the door opens and now it's Y. A profound awakening. Yeah. Yeah, this would be one of those moments. Yeah, you know, for I mean, those that, who have it in the eleventh is is the house of of um, beliefs, mm-hmm. and so you're pro, you you know you may find that what you thought was true, what what you believed to be true, yes, it's just gone. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, that house can, does that. Yeah. That can create a certain cognitive dissonance, like yes, oh yeah. At first, uh, it could be yeah. Total yeah. discombobulation of yeah, but 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 I thought <laughs> I thought or I or the world could just open up, you know. Somebody yeah, yeah. you know walks into a classroom thinking, okay, I I should like this, and then it's you know the light turns on, and you're just like yeah, yeah yeah. No, it's yeah. Uh, again, it's profound. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Pluto doesn't do things by half measure. No. Okay, the next one is this one for cancer rising. I sort of feel sorry for the cancer risings who are incredibly sensitive because this is Pluto in the eighth and death is part of the eighth house. And, um, (laughs) you know, it's also taxes and, and, you know, shared resources and um, yeah. And so the human part of this um, could be the, the big wake up here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, also, that... I think uh, an awakening to like death is not an ending because Pluto is about death and regeneration. Yes. Yeah. When something ends, something new begins. And so it's, it's a, yeah, a, a deeper awareness about, you know, all of, us kind of, all of us kind of have that the unfathomableness of death you know? yes it is I mean, and it is I know, I know from time to time i think i can't imagine me not being here yes. <laughs> but of course i can't because i am yeah. here. and and you know we all know we're going to die at some time and that's not a that's not a surprise uh well but, i think actually the experience of death may be a surprise well it can be yes for <laughs> yes. sure but it's also i mean it's also just inevitable and yeah. inevitabilities right yeah and so it's it's coming to terms with that but also just recognizing that you know when one door closes another opens it is the it is never an, an absolute ending and yeah. and taking you deeper into what what is beyond death you know yeah you know, because we are we are in these bodies, but we are not these bodies. Yeah. And Aquarius is not the body, right? It's it's the awareness. And it's awareness. more awareness yeah. of the vibration. We are vibration. Yep. That goes yep. somewhere. That is somewhere always. Yeah. Because you know, our essence has to come from somewhere, right? In theory, yes. <laughs> and I mean, and, this and is it, this is where we we mystery. And yeah, the, yeah, we're pointing it. at the mystery. We know it's a mystery, and we're yeah. pointing at it. But Pluto is a mystery. 
Pluto is deep. It is like underground. Yeah. It's mysterious. It is what we don't, it's what's buried. It's what we don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. And so this could be in terms of the humanity part of it, where someone wakes up to trauma that they didn't realize, right? Oh, of course. On on Earth, because eighth house, I think I've pretty much anchored it in my own mind in a, uh, on a psychological level to be the place where trauma is stored and how it's stored and well sure yeah. Pluto. and the, and we all have something i mean it it may not be personal it could be you know like the ruler of your eighth might be in the fourth house and it could be epigenetic where you know the trauma of oh, previous generations yeah. whatever but yeah i mean that's just part of life that yeah no, it, it, yeah everybody you you don't get out of life with yeah uh, without some trauma I mean, birth they talk about birth being a trauma because it is a traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. getting expelled from Eden where you're warm and cozy in a nice warm. Yes, exactly. Like, wait, 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 wait. Thrust out into a cold world where there's bright lights. And, you know, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's got to be a trauma to your senses. So yeah, we all yeah, have yeah. some degree of that. But yeah, I think the Aquarian part of this is the awareness of how that can be like it doesn't have to be toxic. We can purge yeah. the toxicity from it and have yes. the awareness that comes with that, yeah. which is a gift. Which gives you grace and mercy and forgiveness and tolerance Absolutely. and yeah. all of yeah. that kind of good stuff. So yeah. it's looking, it's, you know, if you dig deep enough, you find the, the gift underneath kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Okay, we're going to speed this up or we're going to run out of time. Okay, so um, the next one is Leo rising, um, which is, this is the ultimate in sort of what we're talking about here with the big sun ego and, you know, the distant dim Saturn going, hello, I'm drawing a line here. It's not just your drama. And so for these folks, Leo rising, it will be deep transformation through their face-to-face relationships, which typically, but not exclusively, can be marriage partners, but it's also business partners. Um, yeah, it's, it could be like in my particular case, um, I notice the opposition across the first seventh as my clients, right? There's me mm-hmm. and my Oh clients. yeah, anybody you have of the- Yeah, the- that type of relationship. And yeah. so this is a profound shift in how you do those relationships, um, you know, finding can, the balance, finding- And it can be a much deeper way yeah. of relating. Yep. If you, if you, you know, come to deeper awareness about yeah, exactly. what you may be projecting, because the seventh house is often yes. what we project. It isn't the other person. It's what we're projecting on the other person. Yeah. Yeah. And we take it as being, oh, they're doing this. No, we're projecting on them yeah. and seeing what we see. But that doesn't mean that's what they're doing yes. to us. Right. Exactly. And so exactly. that, you know, it's, yeah, yeah it's like the awareness, if, if they come to the awareness around that, that yeah. can be really. And perfect. it, and it can also bring in relationships. This would be my personal take on this, because this is what happened where um, I had to have my hubris um, pointed out to me. <laughs> And so it was a karmic, I can pretty much safely say with Pluto going through your seventh that you will be doing dealing with past karma if there's anything to that. Um, Yeah, and you will grow. You will grow through those. Yeah, you'll draw in people that transform you. Yeah. 
Because it is, it is, yeah, it's yeah. what happens over here affects what's over here and vice versa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next one, um, this one is kind of interesting because the sixth house, uh, you know, in modern times, it's health. And, uh, but in ancient times, it was also your slaves, right? <laughs> you know, and, and so there is something about the work relationship, not just health, um, that gets shifted here. Um, and so it and, could and be, also, yeah. It could, yeah, it could be what I'm imagining is the whole um, shtick around employer employee goes yeah. through a major transformation, I think which so. it should. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think yeah. a lot of a lot of work that people are doing is a modern day slavery. Yeah, they're not getting ahead anywhere. They're just you know they're putting in they're getting paid pittance to do <laughs> what is serving someone else who's getting yes. real profit. Right. That's that's the definition of, of slavery. And so it may be just a, you know, recognition that I, yeah, this yeah. Is, is what that is. And that's not okay. We need to change that. Yeah, that paradigm. Yeah. So the other paradigm that can change, obviously, because this is, uh, it's our perception about our physical bodies and yeah. what, um, how to take care of them uh, on all levels. Right. Um, Absolutely. And, and so like you were like you were mentioning, Aquarius is about the vibrational level. And yeah. so there could be an awakening to a more profound understanding of the vibrational dimensions of the human form. Well, everything. Yeah. Everything yeah. we eat, drink, take, you know, everything yeah. is is frequencies and vibrations. Our bodies need healthy <laughs> frequencies yes. to yeah. be healthy. And so when you ingest toxic stuff, whether it's, you know, toxic thinking or whatever, or, but physically, yeah. you're eating foods that are not something life supporting and life supporting that yeah. don't have life in them. Yes. Yeah. Right. Cause that's yeah. what's, that's why fresh food right from your garden tastes so darn good. It's because yeah. it's full of life. Yes. Right. From yeah. the sun. It is you know yeah yeah first with that essence of life and that's what our bodies crave right yeah well that's what they were originally designed to well, use what yeah. they would crave if they were not polluted and <laughs> yeah okay so the next one is we have libra rising so this is where yours is so fifth house fifth house honey how do you see this well, actually, no, my Aquarius is on my fourth house. In my okay, chart, okay. In my system. Yeah. But yeah, it will be on some people's. And fifth, yeah. house, fifth house is about um, your, cre your, your creative, what you create, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that can be children because they are certainly <laughs> something you create. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, any project, anything where you are using your creative energy is like your child. It's... yeah. And so there'll be something about that Leo style story, drama, whatever, that will go through. So your, your creative juices may dry up for a while before they're reinfused as Pluto goes through there. Now, we're actually going to speed this right up because okay. we've only got a couple of minutes left. Oh my yeah, I know. So the next one is fourth house. 
Um, so this could be the epigenetic thing coming forward and going through a death rebirth. Yeah, this is huge because it is our foundations. It is yeah. where we come from. And in a sense, it's the womb, right? It's yeah. that out of which we are, have emerged and, and in terms of our family roots. And that is yeah. the epigenetics. They go a long way. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's profound. And, you know, this can bring... This could be a purging that helps to dismantle the system that's no longer serving. Absolutely, and yeah, yeah, an awareness yeah. of of our connection again to the earth itself, right? Yeah, our what is our foundation under our feet? Yeah. Okay, so third house. This is Sag rising. This would be my husband. So the community that he operates within his his relationship with his siblings. This is true of anyone with Sag rising. Um, those types of more personal and more, you know, just sort of the take for granted everyday things within your life um, mm -hmm. will, yeah, go through a fairly profound change. And so the last one, I mean, I'm down to almost a minute here. So second house, personal resources. The biggest one, of course, will be those with Aquarius rising and mm -hmm. Pluto going over that. And we will come back to this because yes. those last three do deserve more than just two words <laughs> well and i think i think the pluto ingress well both of them actually the this initial one and also the one that follows when it gets there yeah. permanent, i yeah. think are both worth looking at because this is yeah. a we don't get to see this again in our lifetimes and no that's right that's right seen it before in our you know life yeah. So next week, um, Jenna got back to us. She was the girl that has joined us on occasion. Um, and so after this, don't run away, Jill. We, we have to talk nope. about the next one. But I am going to vote for uh, one of the topics that she presents, which mm -hmm. is um, uh, the last time Neptune was in Pisces and the Salem witch trials. Oh, okay. so we're going to leave it on almost a, you know, like Halloweeny note. Um, but in the meantime, folks, you have been listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the Cathet region. And this is CJMP 90.1 FM, Cathet region's community radio station. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.